Welcome back, everybody, to Girls Next Level. We are doing part two of the Clueless episode, and it's all about mystery. Oh, I thought you were going to say Bridget's birthday. No, it totally is. (laughs) But the theme of this episode is mystery. And Bridget, I wanted to ask you if you could ask a Girls Next Door producer any three questions and get an honest answer, what would you want to know? What are your three biggest mysteries about the first season of this show? show uh well I think I would want to know first about my episode two that sabotage episode yeah like why they did that or what they where they thought that was gonna go yeah and why they picked me for that (laughs) and it's an interesting choice because it's not really in their interest to make any of the main characters unlikable no but I think that's what they were going for at the start I think that they needed somebody to be unlikable or somebody to be jealous or somebody to be that Mm -hmm. that person that's what they thought they needed yeah um I would like to know what their thoughts were on the nudity because like we've said a million times I personally uh thought that the nudity would all be blurred and no one would ever see it Mm -hmm. it wasn't a big deal and obviously we're posing for the magazine we've talked about how that there's a difference between being on video and being in a in a um magazine for nudity that's totally different but I'm curious what they were told behind the scenes as far as getting the nudity like what the cameramen were told what the field producers were told what the editors were told as far as leaving it in like it was it really important or is it just our imagination now yeah or were they like you need to zoom that lens up into her crotch yeah and the more you can get the better like if you can get playmates undressing and film that like yeah. you know what I mean don't give them any privacy like I'm curious what their mentality was on it And then I guess lastly, it would be um, just like their general attitude towards us behind the scenes is, I feel like, probably the number one thing I would like to know, like how they truly felt about us. Like, do they just think this was some dumb show? Did they think we were spoiled brats? Did they think we were all bitches? Did Mm -hmm. they think like, you know, did they have preferences? Did they like be like, oh, good, I want to work on Bridget's stuff because I really like her or I really want to work on Kendra's stuff or I don't want to work on that person's stuff because I really don't like her, you know, like were there... Were there biases like that behind the scenes? Because I feel like there were. Yeah, and it'd be really interesting to know as well because the turnover rate on season one was heavy. Like, I felt like I barely had a chance to learn anyone's name because one day we had this producer and the next day we had this producer and... Yeah, well, and I think that also could be true because not just so much because of what the show was, but also because it's hard to find like a cohesive team that works together and, Mm -hmm. you know, getting what you want and everybody that... Well, and I also think that people had trouble getting along with Kevin. because I was... think so, too. And I think it was the first show of this kind that Kevin had done, and it probably was explosive. Could you imagine? Good God. I mean, I've been there for some of his explosions, but could you imagine working under him? Well, I mean, I've heard horror stories, but also when we did that season three best of episode where we were all in bed watching clips, I remember Kevin got so angry at us because we weren't giving him whatever he had expected in his mind because it was his first time doing something like that. So I can only imagine like it's his first time doing a docu-series, like a reality show. So he must have had like some kind of preconceived notions in his head. And if he wasn't getting that back, I would have wanted to go run and hide if I was (laughs) working for him. Yeah, so I feel like that's what I would want answered if I could talk to somebody 
What yeah. about you? Well, my first question is why was I not allowed to have any personality or interests outside of Hef? Like, did it just fall through the cracks? Was Kevin just completely uninterested in me? Or was there some like structure to it? Were they like, Hef doesn't want you to get noticed, so we're not going to feature you as much? Or we want you to like kind of represent Hef on screen, so you're not going to have your own personality. Like, what was the thought process behind that? Because it seemed very deliberate. Well, I just think they really, I'm mean, not to answer it for you because yeah. I know I'm not the one, but I just really always felt like um, they wanted your whole life and your whole interest to be Hef and the mansion. Mm-hmm. It ne- If you were to have interest like in the real estate that you were doing, that meant that maybe at some point Holly would have a life that was outside of the mansion or outside of Hef. We can't have that. Yeah, for sure. Like that's where I feel like it was coming from. Or maybe they had some big idea of what my character was going to be and it was totally going to be like this Rodeo Drive shopper, trophy wife, wannabe trying to get all the money and I just wasn't giving them that other than like my devotion to Hef so that gave them nothing. Well, I think they definitely wanted part of that from all of us. Remember how many shopping trips they would try and push on yeah. us and we're like, we're not really into going shopping like that. Yeah, and it's like, are you going to pay for it? Because <laughs> not in our budget. Right. We'll have a special episode for you guys later on this summer because we actually have found a producer who's willing to talk to us and answer some of these questions so we're super excited to find out we've been wanting to know for so long yes I'm excited yeah so speaking of mysteries last week we talked a little bit about one of Hef's friends named Steve Powers and I was doing some research to try and figure out who he was so I could tell you guys like what he does and you know quote unquote who he was and I found some kind of like troubling associations with a guy named Peter Nygaard. Yeah. And I wanted to include it in the podcast, but I just felt like it was such a deep dive. I wasn't really doing it justice. So we're actually going to talk about that on our Patreon. Yeah, it's something we had to be more prepared for and really do extra research on. Yeah, because it's a lot. So there's a documentary, what's it called? Unseemly. Unseemly. Yeah, Unseemly. And you can definitely see it on Amazon Prime. And I think it's on Netflix too. Do you remember? No, it's on um, Discovery Plus and HBO Max. Okay, so HBO Max, Discovery Plus. So we're going to be talking about that this week on Thursday on our Patreon. So if you guys want to watch along, we can discuss because I think there's going to be a lot of scandal. There is a lot of scandal involved in this. Okay, so since this is all about your birthday, what do we need to know about birthdays at the mansion? I know we've talked before about how it was just kind of like going out to dinner and getting a cake, and then the parties got a little more special when we started kind of throwing them for each other, Mm -hmm. maybe a year before the show started. Yeah. But I think it's interesting, too, because... As far as having our birthdays covered for the show, I only get one and everybody else gets like a million. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, sadly, I mean, honestly, I don't think it had anything to do with you personally. I think it just had to do with your birthday timing. Yeah, my birthday's two days before Christmas and we were lucky enough to get to shoot Christmas for season three. But E! in general didn't want us filming around the holidays because they felt like those episodes weren't as good for reruns. And this show used to be rerun all the time. Like there was a point in time where E! was basically like the Girls Next Door channel. Like 
our new episodes aired on Sunday nights, but you could basically turn it on at any hour of the day and they'd be running Girls Next Door. And I feel so funny even talking about reruns because that's such a retro thing. <laughs> like now you can just stream anything anytime. And I'm yeah. sure if you were to turn on a regular cable TV channel, they might show reruns but like we don't even talk about reruns anymore you're right but back in the day that was a way a show could really get a following and become huge was all this rerunning and Mm -hmm. I feel like it was part of the reason Girls Next Door was as popular as it was is just on all the time on E well there are still shows being rerun like Friends is still a rerun uh Seinfeld is still on like Like on regular TV yeah Mm. Yeah, like the regular channels at night. So, Does Gen Z know the word rerun? I don't know. <laughs> we need a Gen Z consultant who can let us know all my questions about what they know and what they don't. Yeah, it's definitely a bummer that you didn't get a bunch of birthdays because it was really fun and it's really fun to go all out, you know? Yeah, and it's a way you kind of feel like you get your moment on the show. Like, True. oh, this is one of my episodes and I only got one. You got a couple and then one of them... Like in season two, your birthday was filmed, but it wasn't framed as your birthday. It was kind of framed as like Halloween. It was when we did the hearse tour. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, because I know I did the um, the murder mystery party twice. Mm-hmm. And then that, but like, um, I can't remember if there was another one or not. I don't remember either. I just remember those three. And Kendra definitely at least had three because she had the barbecue one in season one and then she had her 21st birthday season two then we were in Saint-Tropez for the next year okay but there was a lot of preparation that went into the birthdays when we did start celebrating them yeah for sure and um I think that the where we left off on the last episode is kind of an interest I think that they they show this scene for two reasons one um because they're showing me going to the salon mm-hmm. to get ready for instead of going to the tennis tournament. And I think they do that for two reasons. Number one, I think they're trying to cover why I wasn't at the tennis tournament. Yeah. And that's the other reason why I think it's really weird that Hef left without me on that is because the show was also filming. What? You look like you just remembered something. No, I didn't remember anything. But what if the show did that on purpose? What if they wanted to make it look like you were getting ready for the party while we're at tennis? So they like rushed us out of there. I don't think they would have known that ahead of time. That's true. And then they couldn't have prevented you from coming down later. Right. So never mind. Yeah, I don't think so. But then the second reason I also think that they filmed that and put that in there is I think they also wanted to compare and contrast the effort of getting ready for things. Oh, yeah, because they always try to make us look like we're doing it three different ways. Yeah. And this is like you're doing the most to get ready. I'm doing the medium and Kendra's doing the least. Yeah, totally. So I think that that was in there for two reasons. Those those two reasons. Um, okay, the next scene, they show the Playboy waters that you had made for me for my slumber party birthday party. Yeah, we still have those. Yeah. So, yeah, it shows it shows the preparation for the party. It shows Kendra trying to get into her costume and she's complaining about having to put work into it, like putting work into the costume. Fun fact, the woman modeling the costume on the package that Kendra holds up is a playmate. That is funny. Yeah. <laughs> Another fun fact that I was going to put out there too, um, the lamp that was in the auction book, if you guys listen to our moment, there's this lamp in the auction book and they put a picture of Kendra next to, to, to like promote this lamp or to show that it was really at the mansion and it's Kendra's bare butt. Yeah, it was really inappropriate. Like I'm, I don't, 
my guess is going to be they didn't ask her if they could include that. Yeah, but regardless, that it they acted. I mean, you would think that that's the only picture they could find, and that's why they had to use it like that. But that lamp is totally in this scene too. Yeah, and that picture they used back then was also a girl's next door screen grab, so they right. could have found like a clothed one. Yeah. So that's what I was just going to point out, that that lamp is in plenty of other scenes that they could have picked yeah. from, not her bare butt staring at you. So Kendra's wearing a white flapper costume, and I thought it looked cute on her. So then it cuts to you in your room, and you're with your dogs getting ready, and I was I was going to describe what you're wearing, but you should. You should. Yeah, I'm dressed as kind of like a Jean Harlow type character. I loved, she's one of my favorites, and I love the whole Jean Harlow look. I fell in love with her when I was a kid and we were on vacation and we went to the Movie Land Wax Museum that used to be down by Knott's Berry Farm. Yeah. And they had a wax figure of Jean Harlow like laying on a chaise lounge and she looked dead and I was fascinated with her. Ooh, she looked dead? Yeah, like the wax, well, she's all white, like they have the white hair, like the white powdery makeup look on this wax figure and she just looked like a romantic corpse and I was fascinated with her ever since speaking of I sent you that TikTok about the abandoned Good Samaritan Hospital in downtown LA which was where Jean Harlow passed away and it's supposed to be haunted and we really want to go explore it yes I want to do that so bad and it's weird because I didn't even know that place existed so you get all dressed up. I thought you looked great. Thanks. I love when people participate. And I was so excited because, and I, I'll put a copy of the actual invitation on the Patreon too. But like it, it said on there, the the theme for the, the year the party was supposed to be was 1929. And it says 1920s or 30s dress is mandatory. Yeah. <laughs> like it is absolutely required and everyone followed. But the arrivals begin and the first two people that come in are like two of our favorite people, Rich and Beth. The Awesomes. The Awesomes. We love Rich we've talked. And Beth. Rich and Beth of the Haunted House fame. Yes, I was just going to say we've talked about them before because they put on the, the Haunted House every year. And um, then we see Tiffany Fallon. Okay, Tiffany is so cute. She looks so adorable. And I think... Tiffany started my obsession with like the full lower lip like I always talk about how I want like a Margot Robbie lower lip and the guy I go to for Botox is like no I'm not doing it but I think my obsession started with Tiffany Fallon because she has this really full hers is natural lower lip she's just I'm like you say cute but I feel like she's like beautiful she really is like she's just like so every time she walks in the room, it's just like, wow, she's so pretty and she nails it every time. Like, I don't think she ever has like a bad day. No, it's not possible. No. And then they show Bryant, Brian and Bryant. They're in tuxes and they're greeting everyone at the door. And Carlina's dressed as a French maid. So cute. And I think the staff genuinely had fun dressing up and doing something a little different. Because work had to get monotonous after a while. And then you have like a kind of fun event where you get to wear something new. And I, I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, anybody out there, but I think they generally, genuinely had fun. Well, I don't know how but they feel about it now, but I know at the time they totally loved it. And they were even thanking me for the amazing party and that they had fun and they got to dress up and they got to participate. They loved it. And they would come up with ideas themselves too. Like for my Marie Antoinette birthday party, one of them brought like white powdered wigs for everybody to wear. Like that wasn't my idea. That was something they did. And I thought that was so fun. Yeah. Well, it's like, like I didn't tell Carlina to dress as a French maid. She yeah. just decided to do that. So, mm-hmm. and I thought she looked so 
cute. Like I was dying when I saw it again. And yeah, so I just think they were super, they even went and did this thing, like took lessons on what's called Butler Ballet. That was my next note. I was going to ask you, what is Butler Ballet? Well, I didn't even, I should have researched what it is exactly, <laughs> but it's like a choreographed thing where they bring you your food and they take the lid off and they all do it at the same time and they all present the plate at the same moment. So everyone's getting served at the same time type of thing. Oh my gosh, that's fun. Yeah. So it's like, but it's a very choreographed move. A lot like the bunny dip. <laughs> You're right. That's what I'm picturing. Yeah. Okay. So as everybody's walking in the door, they pass out an envelope to each guest. And this contains their identities, like their new identities for the, because we kind of change people's names a little bit, and their motivations for possibly wanting this butler dead. I put mine up on the Patreon. I saved my card that has like my picture and like my whole backstory, my character backstory. (laughs) Oh, I have all mine too. So I'll post those as well. So yeah, so everybody has like, everyone's part of the murder mystery and the the game is kicking off like right off the bat. So when you start talking to people, you're supposed to use this new like identity that you have and, you know, keep your your things a secret. Can I talk about some of my other favorite outfits real quick? Just quickly. Okay, Jillian Grace and Sherlock Holmes costume I know. so fucking cute and Keith looked really good he's dressed like very 1920s with his argyle sweater vest yes Just people really got into it and really like showed up Anastasia looks so freaking pretty I thought so too we're not to your entrance yet but you look so gorgeous thank you Mary and Captain Bob they oh even God. got into it everybody looks so great Eric Patricia yeah <laughs> I haven't seen him in so long. I know. We need to like talk to him in real life. Where did he go? I talked to him not that long ago. He texted me. Oh my God. Does he want to come on the pod? Oh, I could ask him. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And like you said, Keith and Stacy and Crystal and my mom, my best friend from high school. Yeah. Everybody really looked great. And then the next scene, or it's not the next scene, but in that scene, Kendra comes down. With a cigar. With a cigar. And then the dramatic music they play as I walk down. It was so dramatic. And it's like all kind of like fuzzy. Did you notice? It's That's what I was going to ask. Did they have Vaseline on the lens when you made your entrance. I'm assuming they're trying to make it look dramatic and blurry and stuff, but I'm like, did somebody wipe some Vaseline on the lens? I was wondering too. I was like, why is it so blurry? Is this for dramatic effect? Yeah. Like, I guess maybe to make it look vintage or something, but it was very blurry. It was experimental. I think so. (laughs) But yeah, it's dramatic and the dress, but I was so afraid of tripping on that dress coming down. I had to like lift it up and get my feet out. Um, I take a photo with Hef and the but and then all of a sudden the butlers call everyone to attention and then the lights go out and a murder happens. And I love that DeAndre got to be the dead body. <laughs> it's so fun that they Poor get to participate. I know. <laughs> okay, so then the question is, who murdered the butler and why? And every single one of us there have a motive. Uh oh. I had actually arranged for there to be a soundtrack of like rain and thunder going on and lightning outside the windows in the dining room. Were you not allowed to use it because of sound? I don't know, but I was wondering, I don't notice it in any of the shots, and I'm wondering if, like, it got vetoed for some reason. I feel like I remember it from real life, though. And then I'm like, 
wait, did I just do it for the second party and not the first one? Maybe it was the second party because I feel like I remember it happening and telling you that I thought that was like a really cool effect. Yeah, because I wanted it to feel like a dark and stormy night. Yeah, either you did it for the second one or it's just something that kind of got phased out of the show because I don't know. Yeah, but I thought it was so cool. It really added to the atmosphere. Yeah, I love that kind of stuff. So Hef yells out, dinner is served. And then he says something about, uh, and I couldn't tell what he said exactly, but something about... We'll put the body where we usually put the body. That's unsettling. I know. <laughs> but it was something like that. Like, I can't even make it out hardly. Oh, but my I, God. It sounded something like that. Now, I think they told him to say that. Really? I think so. The murder mystery people or the show? The murder mystery people. Oh, because I, I assumed it was one of his like funny quips that just didn't work this time around. Well, it totally could have been, too. I'm not sure. But I thought it was in the card they gave him and told him to say it. But you could be right. I don't know. Unless I there's don't... something we don't know. And it was a serious comment. Yeah. <laughs> so then it has you kind of hosting or not hosting, but like a. Uh, what sort of looking for like um, welcoming people or no like you doing the talk over of it what am I why am I blinking on oh, this oh I'm narrating narrating yeah. jeez <laughs> Holly says there's like around 25 people at the party and the acting troupe divided us up into different groups and they show us in the dining room with like three large round tables in there and I just have to say I really like that setup in there I'm hungry right now yeah, because I thought of like what the food was. It was like Chinese chicken salad. Oh, I was going to get into that because you guys, I seriously, no, I. I'm pulling up Postmates. <laughs> I went every detail on this party. Like I researched what was popular to eat in 1929 Hollywood. And it was Chinese food was big at that time. So my whole menu is that kind of stuff. So I think there's like, I forget what's on it. I'll, I'll post, a, I have the menu, so I'll post a picture of it, but it was like wontons and egg rolls and pot stickers for appetizers. And then the, the dinner itself, you had a choice between like Chinese chicken salad, Kung Pao chicken, sweet and sour or something. I don't know. There was like three or four choices. Do you want something from Chin Chin? Because I'm ordering a Chinese chicken salad. Oh my I'm gosh. craving one right now. I'm fascinated by just food trends. And I think when people talk about like pop culture and history and the progression of pop culture, food trends often get overlooked. Yeah, the food was really, really good. And like I said, I'll put up the menu on our Patreon because I have that. So they show the dining room. They cut to you are in Hef's table. And I totally forgot this about Hef, but he's got a giant glass of milk sitting in front of him. Oh, yeah. He drank milk every day. It does a body good. <laughs> Do you remember those milk commercials where like the kids are, the mom's like, oh, drink your milk. And they're like, oh, I don't drink my milk, whatever. And then they, they said, um, you know, your neighbor doesn't drink the milk. And they look outside and he's got the wheelbarrow or something and his arms fall off. And they're like, ah, and they're like down the milk. I don't remember that, but that is amazing. It's the funniest commercial. I love, love, love that commercial for Got Milk. It's so funny. Speaking of his milk glass, do you remember how they had to keep a special glass in the freezer so every time they poured his milk it would be in this perfectly frosted glass yes yes i do but i i remember it now but i completely forgot that he was like a milk drinker like that yeah what are some of your favorite food trends like from different eras 
Uh, oh my God, I don't know. Well, I love 2010's unicorn food, which was recent. You know how all of a sudden they're having like the rainbow bagels and like the unicorn oh, yes. drink, like everything's super colorful. Yes. Love that. Never outgrew it. I'm still into it. I also love, and this isn't something like I would like to eat, but I love like pictures of gross food from the 70s. Ew, that sounds terrible. What do you mean? Well, you know how like 70s cookbooks, they would have like weird jello molds or they would have like stuff that's like, oh, let's make a clown out of a clump of green cream cheese or something. And then the film from the 70s was always kind of discolored. So it would just look really unappetizing and gross. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm fascinated by that. Okay. I'm just fascinated by food trends. And it's so interesting to know that in the 20s, everybody was into Chinese food. Yeah, the late 20s into the early 30s, that was like a huge trend in Hollywood anyway. That's what I was like finding in my research. But I literally researched every detail about this time period and like what I should do to make this murder mystery. And and not only myself, but the acting troupe too. Like what makes it this time period? What makes it right now? I love it. It was good. Yeah. So we were, our teams were broken up into different colors too. I was the pink team. It was my mom, my sister, my friend, and one of the actors. And I think each team had an actor in it. Mm -hmm. And mine, we called like Dracula's Kiss or something like that. But your team was the blue team. Which I promptly named Blue Balls because I'm obnoxious. (laughs) And then everybody cheers to Blue Balls at your table. Yeah. I mean, it was a good name. And then this this made me pause for a minute because Kendra's team was Team Yellow. And then all of a sudden, she comes up with this amazing name, Blonde Mafia. But that's your t-shirt line that was already in existence. Right, but they act like, and she acts like at this moment, that it, she just got Dawned on her. Yes, that's exactly what I have. That somehow this, just, this amazing idea just dawned on her, and she just came up with it right then and there on the spot. <laughs> which I was like, wait, I was sort of blown away I didn't remember that and I was blown away by it when I rewatched it and her team consisted of Mary and Captain Bob and then a a playmate so your new uh, persona was Holly Harlow in 1930s Harlot Kendra wait Starlet Starlet (laughs) (laughs) I mean I'll take the other one too but (laughs) a Starlet sorry and Kendra was the first female boxer, and my character was just the innocent birthday girl. Or was I? Or were you? (laughs) And I am the new girlfriend of Lord Heffington, which was Heff's persona, and he is throwing me this big birthday party. And Heff has this fake mustache on. It's so funny. I thought he did a good job drawing it, though. Yeah, and you say in commentary that he used your eyeliner Mm -hmm. and, and drew it on. And uh, you said he looks like Clark Gable with it on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Then the first clue was given out and the scavenger hunt began. And before we get to even get into the scavenger hunt, what they don't show is that there was like this whole cocktail reception that happened. Did we eat and then get the clues? I can't really tell by the way the show was cut. I don't think so. I think we we did the cocktail reception, and then I think we were given clues, and then I think we ran out and did the thing, and then I think we came back in and ate later. Do you think we were seated at the table, then given clues, ran around, and then came back and ate? Because yeah. I feel like we at least got our spots yeah. before. 
Yeah, I think so. I could be wrong, though, but I, I think so. Because we did have to come up with those team names before we started, and that was right. like a table. Right. So I think we had appetizers and stuff. Then mm-hmm. I think we ran off and did our scavenger hunt and then came back and ate dinner. And the host specifically says, do not run. And he says the mansion grounds can be slippery at night. And instantly, everybody's off running. Kendra <laughs> goes running, tears off running, screaming, move it to the butlers, which I thought was really rude. They follow us all running around the whole mansion. You get a good view deeper into the kitchen because the kitchen was like multiple rooms. It was like one, two, three, four, like kind of five different rooms. We also go down into the basement and we're running through the, the all the different corridors of the basement. So you kind of, it's hard to follow, but you definitely see a lot more of the basement than you normally would. Yeah, I think it's fun to see that. A lot of that were employee lockers and then also like storage closets. Like I know I had one down there for like the Christmas tree ornaments and stuff. Yeah. And then it shows us running through the gardens and like literally running right through the plants and um, down into the gym, the grotto, the game house, the tennis court. We were out there through the pet cemetery, just like all over the place. And it shows Hef and your team being super slow. Yeah. Somebody asked me if they thought Hef was annoyed at having to run around. And I don't think so. I think he was genuinely so into that party. Yeah. And we were running, but also like keeping in mind that we had to like slow down a little bit for him. So I think we did a good balance. Yeah. He just isn't doesn't have the ability. He has a bad back and he just doesn't have the ability to go running around the mountain. Yeah. Like that. And I think that the same was true of Polly Kendra's team with Captain Bob and Mary. I don't think she's slowing down for them, but... No, she wasn't waiting for them, but I think that they had that same yeah, probably. thing going on. The body in the well was so funny. I know, and your scream, I was like, what yeah. is she screaming? Like, I forgot about it at first, and you go to the well, and you, like, scream bloody murder. I was like, what? Did they tell her to do that? And then all of a sudden, they show it, and there's the body in there, and I was like, oh! Yeah, I was just being silly. Then the next scene is Kendra's in the living room. And she's jumping up and down with her tits out. And I know this is a strapless dress and they slide down, but she was purposely making this worse for attention. In fact, she was moving the beads out of the way so her boobs would show through. It's like when it's my birthday later and then she sits in the birthday cake. What? I don't remember that. It's in the Marie Antoinette episode. And honestly, I didn't think anything of it at the time, but fans have like written to me asking what about when Kendra sat in your cake on purpose at the Marie Antoinette party because like that big cake that Lori made is downstairs and she just sits on the table and like sits her butt into the cake on purpose she tries to act like it's not and I didn't think it was on purpose like the first when it happened or when I saw the show because I was just so happy with my birthday I wasn't even thinking like that but a lot of viewers interpret it as she sat in it on purpose for attention oh my god well I will definitely be looking for that when we watch that episode and I, my next thing is, I was just so busy enjoying the night and the scavenger mm-hmm. hunt and the whole party and stuff that it didn't bother me at that time. Like, it bothered me, but I wasn't going to let it ruin my night or anything. But I knew what she was doing, and I knew what she was up to. Yeah. But I was just like, who cares what she's doing? Like, enjoy the night. Mm-hmm. And I did. Like, I know we're all super competitive about getting the clues first, but it turns out it wasn't even about that at the yeah, end. Yeah, it wasn't about speed. It's funny. No. And at one point, Kendra throws her shoes to one of the actors and 
I was just like, no, she didn't. And she was like, you can, like, I forget what she says, but like, you can, you grab those or something. And In she goes commentary, running. she says something. Because I, when I prep for this, and I know you do too, I always watch the episode and then I watch it with commentary after. And when she threw the shoes on the ground and the actor picked them up, I my first thought was that's kind of rude. But then I was like, well, maybe she just really wanted to take her shoes off and the guy just picked them up. Like maybe she wasn't expecting him to pick it up and she just, her feet hurt and she was going to come get them back later. But then in commentary, she's like, yeah, I threw those and was, she says something to the effect of how she threw them and told the guy to pick them up. And I'm just like, yeah, well, I felt like it was totally disrespectful. This isn't even like it would be one. It's not even okay to do it to staff, but say it was a butler. Like I could kind of see her doing that, but this is like an actor that's hired to come and do the party. This isn't somebody who's like supposed to be cleaning up after her. And I just thought it was so disrespectful but then she's like trying to cheat which I didn't realize that night that she was trying to cheat and in in, um your interview you play it off and you go Kendra cracks me up because she was trying to get little clues to get ahead of the game and I wrote in my notes basically trying to cheat because then in my interview they tell me what how do you feel about Kendra cheating and I was like what yeah like I know it's competitive and stuff because it's a game but like to cheat And you can tell like the way I answer that question too. like, at least I'm still kind of on the page of like, we're all trying to have each other's backs and stuff. And they're asking me, so Kendra was cheating. So I tried to turn it into something cute. Oh, Kendra was so funny because she's trying to get little clues. Yeah. But not everybody's still on that same teamwork page. No, because you're trying to be nice and be a team player and be like, we're not, I'm not going to sell anybody out, even if she was trying Mm -hmm. to cheat. And then the butlers tell her that it's Archie, the dog that did it. And Kendra runs out and she tells Mary, it's Archie. And I love how Mary looks at her and goes, Archie? The dog? Yeah, I know. (laughs) I know. And Kendra is telling everyone, everyone's like laughing and going, what? Archie looks really cute in the shots. I was just going to say all the shots implicating him, though, are very cute. Poor Archie. (laughs) He is guilty of farting all the time, though. Yeah. (laughs) That might kill a few people. And then um, an actor comes up to me and he hands me a gun and he tells me to hide it. And he said, there's going to be a four-way gun shoot. So he's like, you you know where this is going, right? And I had no clue. I wanted to ask you, do you think they even knew who the killer was ahead of time or were they just playing it by ear? No, they had it all mapped oh, okay. out. They definitely did. But I just feel like it was so convoluted and so yeah. many different people involved that it just made no sense to anybody else mm-hmm. involved. Because um, he was like, you know where this is going, right? And I was like, no, I have no idea. And then I even blow it because... Um, well, first he tells me that lady over there, which was another actor, she she's going to want your help, but you're going to tell her you hate her because she badmouthed Gizmo. I know. I love it how they give you like the most juvenile reason for murdering somebody anybody could possibly. I mean, yeah. it's very on brand for our show, right. but they literally give you the most cartoony juvenile thing that anybody could ever do. Yeah. And then the lights go out and it happens more than once. The lights go out and I shoot my gun because I thought this is it. Yeah. But I wasn't supposed to do it yet. Somebody else got shot. Um, no. And there was like a flash on the gun, so they had to come running over and give me a different gun because I sh- I I shot my shot. I shoot I shooted my shot. Yeah. <laughs> and anyway, then it, the lights go out again. The gun shots erupt, and we find out who the killer is. But I'm sad because they don't show my my. They shoot me at the end too, and I have a, a death scene that I thought was so good, and they don't show it. Oh, they must just not have wanted you to end up dead. You had to be like the victor. 
maybe, <laughs> but it turns out that I'm the guilty party. Yeah, I know, spoiler alert, but I did it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I have photos of my death, though. Oh, good. Yeah, so I'll put one of those on our Patreon. But I didn't do it alone. I had accomplices. So that's why there's like a four-way mm-hmm. gun shoot. And it's all like, I can't even tell you how the story went still. Yeah, I don't know. But it's all very messed up. And then you say that you were bummed because you wanted to be the murderer. Yeah, I would have <laughs> had fun in that role. Yeah. Well, but the thing is, you don't even know you're the murderer until you're already, it's done. That's what I didn't realize about murder mystery parties. And I don't know if they're all done that way, but I would have assumed that whoever the murderer was would have known the whole time. I thought so too. Do they not trust us to keep a secret? I guess not. But I was so happy and I don't think they really show this moment because Hef came over to me and he told me, and he always told us that we looked beautiful or, Mm -hmm. you know, we're dressed really nice or whatever. But on this night, he like came over to me and he was like, you look stunning. And it was like very genuine. It felt very much more loving and like mm-hmm. real than normal not just like oh yeah. you all girls look great you yeah. know was, this was like a very personal compliment to me and he also wanted to tell me that he was very surprised at what a wonderful party it was and how much fun he was personally having I think it's interesting they chose not to show that because I feel like if that would have happened with me they would have shown it because they always wanted to show like the romantic side and I think if it happened for Kendra they would have shown it just because they favored her. <laughs> That's interesting. I never thought about that. Yeah, it's I'm weird. I'm curious why they didn't show it because it was it was always a, a very special moment to me. Like it felt yeah. very sincere and very real and very loving. And it's and the and when you can throw a party that Hef thinks That's is what cool. I was gonna say. I think he genuinely loved that party and had a good time. I mean, we do another one like two yeah. years down the road, so that's proof positive. But it's so rare to like come up with a fun new idea that he's actually into. Yeah. Like this was like a rare jackpot moment for something yeah, like that. Exactly. And that's how I felt. Like mm-hmm. I really just felt like I won the lottery that yeah. night, like with it. And and that's the reason I do another one. Not only did I have a good time, but mm-hmm. people were talking about the party yeah, for a long so time. Fun. Everyone genuinely had a good time from the staff yeah. to the guests to Hef, my family. Everybody loved it. Even the people putting it on mm-hmm. loved it. So um, that was just like a really sweet moment and something that I really remember fondly. And um, and I say what I wanted for my birthday was an amazing, unique and fun party that everybody would be talking about. And I truly got exactly that. Yeah, it was so good. One thing I am disappointed in, though, they didn't show the party cake. And this is so weird because I remember what the cake was, but there is no photo of it, which blows me away. It blows me away, too, because there were staff taking pictures of like every, you know, event like that. I mean, there was somebody like I have pictures from that night and usually they would focus in on the food if there was something interesting. And the show too, but the show cuts off right at the like end of the murder mystery party. Like it doesn't show the cake cutting or anything like that. And don't be confused because there is a cake cutting coming up, but that is the sheet cake that happens on Sunday night. There was an actual birthday cake on Thursday night for this murder mystery party. And it's this cake that's really well known in the Los Angeles farmer's market that ever since I moved to LA I wanted this cake and it was called the drunken elephant cake and it was these this 
cake and it was tiered and it had a bottle of champagne stuck in it and it had all these drunken elephants all over it. Like pink elephants. Yeah, pink elephants. And they're all drunk and they're all sloppy and stuff. And I wanted that cake so bad. And it was something that supposedly was a popular thing, like the drunk elephant thing. Pink drunk elephants were like a thing in the 1920s, 1930s. So it was like this vintage cake style thing. And I'm like, I have to have that cake. And I can't remember if I had the farmer's market bakery make it or if the mansion bakery or the mansion people made it for me. My memory is that Lori replicated it for That's you. what I think too. Because mine, I found a picture of the one in the farmer's market, but it's from the 70s. It's not really the same style. Mm-hmm. It's the same kind of cake and it's yeah. the same bakery, but it, they changed the style like in the 2000s when I was yeah. there. It was a little bit not as chaotic as mm-hmm. it was in the 70s. But I do have a picture that I'll post on the Patreon of what that cake looked like because it was so cute and so like weird. And my sister remembers it because she's it's like I remember you like talking about this drunken elephant cake and she was like totally lost on why that would be a thing or why oh, I would that's want so that funny. <laughs> but she was like okay um but she remembers it but it just um it's so weird we don't have a picture of it like I get it why the show didn't want to show it because they want the climax to be your other birthday cake so they don't want dual birthday cakes right but, like why don't we have a still picture of it that's just weird exactly like it seems like the type of thing where you and I would be like oh let's take a picture with the cake because uh-huh. the cake is so cute. Yeah, and there's it's not in the back of any of the video that I can see. Like, I was watched, like, looking in the background for it. It's not in the background of any photos, but my sister remembers it. I totally remember it. I want to ask Lori if she remembers it because she was the pastry chef. We need chef. to find Lori because we have some questions for I follow Lori. her on Instagram, and I like all her photos all the time. She, she Did you accepted DM her? me. I DM'd her a long time ago asking her if she would do an interview with us, uh-huh. and she never responded. Oh, weird. So I don't know. I don't know. But just so you guys know, um, I don't think the term for like drunk elephants is used anymore, but it was a thing and it originated because supposedly, this is supposedly, elephants do not have the enzyme that people do that metabolizes alcohol. And people said that they would eat fermented fruit off the ground and it would make them drunk. Elephants are getting lit. Yeah, but I don't know. Then I heard that that was a myth and that didn't really happen. So that's why I'm like, this is just all supposed or alleged. I need to know. It reminds me of pink elephants on parade from Dumbo. Yeah. Did you know the Dumbo ride in Disneyland, the initial concept for it was supposed to be pink elephants flying around? No. Yeah. Cute. Yeah. I don't know why, but I always think of elephants as pink, even though I know they're gray. Well, it would be magical if they were. I know, but I think of them that way. Um, Speaking of cakes. Yes. So Sunday night rolls around. The tennis tournament is over. And they brought out another cake because they always do this. Like, it's not me like going, oh, today's my birthday. We have to celebrate today, too. Hef always does this on the day of the birthday. Brings out a sheet cake. And it just happened to be on a Sunday night. So after a movie. But let me just tell you guys, too, we also watched a really sad movie that night. It was called Just Like Heaven with Reese Witherspoon and I had to Wikipedia the plot to even remember it. Like it sounds like a cute movie but clearly forgettable because we didn't remember. But when I read the plot I kind of remembered it. It's about like a woman in a coma and her ghost like meets a guy in real life and then when she comes out of the coma they're together yeah but it's like kind of a for me that's like a tearjerker type of movie because it's like a love story yeah that kind of thing paranormal Um, love story 
so I'll get into all that crying in a bit, but the cake, you drew the photo for it, and it's the French maid holding a bloody knife, and Hef's a detective, and Gizmo and Wednesday yeah. are on it, and it's so cute, and I know we've talked about it before, but for the movies, Holly used to draw these super cute photos, <laughs> or not photos, but super cute drawings. Cartoons. It was always like a sexual interpretation of whatever the movie title was. But they were really cute, and I always felt really honored when she did one with me in it. I was like, oh my god, I <laughs> <laughs> and so um, I loved it when she did the cake drawings because before that or most of the time it's a picture of Hef and the girl yeah. somebody's asked me about this before too why is Hef always in the birthday picture on the cakes because it always has to be about him even when Mary they had a funeral service for Mary I shouldn't laugh but they had a funeral service for Mary after she passed at the mansion which I wasn't able to go to because I was like the week I was having rainbow and um, I guess on the program he put a picture of himself and Mary which I kind of I know coming from him that's a huge compliment but it just seems kind of funny from an outsider like why wouldn't it be a picture of just Mary or Mary and her partner Captain Bob it seems weird to put a picture of yourself no I was there and I have the little memory thing from from her funeral that would be like that would be like if I threw your funeral and put a picture of us on the cover like that'd be (laughs) fucking weird (laughs) wouldn't it I mean like it should either be just you or you and Nick don't you think (laughs) you guys funeral etiquette let us know yeah I mean I think that when it's when you're um remembering somebody it should just be that person probably I know it was coming from a good place with him like he was probably very sentimental picking out that photo but from an outsider's perspective it's like what this isn't about you bro (laughs) but on that same note every birthday cake is a picture of him and the girl yeah like it'd be him and Kendra or you and him and stuff I think it's more appropriate for the cake though because that was supposed to be like romantic I think I think so too the funeral was odd the funeral is odd for sure so it shows the butler's pantry and Bryant is putting the candles on the cake and um, Thora Birch's brother is there, Bolt. Yeah. And he asks, how old is she now? And Bryant says, a gentleman never tells. Or ass. Oh my God. <laughs> Bryant was funny. Yeah. And so the Sunday movie's over and they bring the cake into the living room. And do you remember we used to not be allowed to use the happy birthday song? Yeah, because it was not in the public domain back then, so you could never sing happy birthday to people on camera. Yeah, and there was a specific family that owned it, Kevin said. And Kevin was so resentful. He's like, those old ladies who didn't even write that song are just raking in the money. He was like pissed he couldn't use it. (laughs) Yeah, because if you got caught using it, you had to pay up for Uh using it on the show, so he was never allowed to use it. But now I heard that that the family got sued over it and and it can be used now. And I've seen it used in movies and TV shows and stuff now interesting yeah and then I tell everyone that you drew the picture because I I mean I really felt honored when you drew those pictures Aww. like I really loved them like I, I really did and I'm crying and I'm crying like crazy so and the and there's several different reasons for that one of them is because it's just been a crazy emotional weekend like I just had the best birthday of my entire mm-hmm. life but it was a lot to put that on yeah and to make it perfect and I wanted it to be perfect because I mean Hef's there and it's mm-hmm. gotta be and the show is filming and my family is there which you guys know how close I am to my family how much I love that 
But then also being turned down to play in the tennis tournament was very hurtful to me. And then being left for the tennis tournament and, and feeling like just totally left out after having the most amazing birthday party. And then that was just that morning. You have to keep that in mind. And I can't talk to anybody about it. Like I can't tell Hef that I that hurt my feelings. Yeah, because then it turns into a drama. Yeah, and so nobody really knows that I'm going through all that except for my mom and my sister. Mm-hmm. And then we just watched this emotional movie too. And then everybody singing happy birthday to me kind of makes me emotional too. It's sort of like when a bride is walking down an aisle, like I get emotional. I don't even have to know the person. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's something about the music and everybody participating all that energy focused on something I hear you I cried at Corey Feldman's wedding (laughs) I probably did too because I cry (laughs) at every wedding so it was just kind of like a lot of emotion on me at that moment and so I'm definitely crying more than I should be but did you guys notice something Kendra's not there yeah which is odd yeah and it's not unusual for her to not come watch the movie any of the movies but It's a little more unusual for her not to come to the Sunday movie because it's always a brand new movie that's Mm -hmm. at the theater. So it's a little more enticing for people to want to come down. But she doesn't come down. She doesn't come down for the birthday cake. And she doesn't even come down later while we're cutting the cake and everybody's in the great hall milling about because I have photos from that and it's everybody but her. It's Crystal and it's Stacy and it's me and you and it's Hef and everybody else, but not Kendra. She doesn't come and participate in my birthday. So is she protesting or what is she doing? Good question. I'm not sure. I think she's just, well, I think she is protesting because they kind of like give a recap of everybody Mm -hmm. here at the end. And Hef says, I think this might be the best birthday ever. And he's absolutely right. It was. Mm -hmm. And then Kendra in interview says, I think they obviously ask her, how do you think um, Bridget's birthday went? And she's like, I think Bridget had the best birthday of her life. God damn it. It fucking lasted a week. So somebody's like butthurt over it. Yeah. And like I said, it's not my fault. It goes several days. Like Thursday is the party because it has to be on a Thursday when my birthday happens to be on a Sunday. And yes, they bring out the cake on Sunday. But I don't remember doing anything else for it other than that. Yeah, it was just the cake. Yeah, which they would have done for everybody. That wasn't just like me drawing out this birthday. And And we really wanted to make Kendra's birthday really special too the only reason it was as pared down as it was is because she kept like changing the theme at the last minute so we did the best we could right but we were we wanted to make her birthday big and good too but yeah and then I say in commentary when we're in that little studio room together I say it wasn't a whole week and um, I said it was Thursday and Sunday night and Kendra says well it seemed like it like what is her problem yeah and and we've talked about already how many birthdays she got filmed all of them. And and amazing. Like, we all go to Vegas for a whole weekend yeah. for her birthday. We get, we're we in Saint-Tropez for yeah. her birthday. And she's jealous that I'm doing, you know, that I that we had a cake on Sunday night after yeah. my birthday was on Thursday. So that definitely gave me um, bad vibes. Again, not supportive, not a team player. Why do you think the wheels started to come off about halfway through season one? Because the first part of season one, we're all super supportive, all of us. Like there's even interviews where I can tell like Kendra's going out of her way to like be extra nice and stuff. So I wonder like why now? Is it because the show had been out a little bit? It could be. But like the wheels start to come off and you can see it even more in season two. Yeah. And then, I mean, also it wasn't something that I could just sit and dwell on because we talked about how much stuff, like the stuff that we're about to go and do that you guys Mm -hmm. see, but there's so much stuff going on that you guys don't even see. Like I printed out this whole schedule that's like a page and a half long of all the things that we were doing that you guys don't even see on camera there are tons of things going on that never make it on the show 
tons of stuff. Like it's like signings in LA and like, what are we doing? I know yeah. we're like still going out to dinners and still going out to club nights. Right. That's what I was going to say. So we still have our normal schedule of Friday, Saturday, buffet dinners and a movies and Friday nights, Wednesday nights, club nights, Thursday nights are dinner nights. Sunday's fun in the sun. Um, we go to Disneyland for Crystal's birthday mm-hmm. and then we go to dinner for Crystal's birthday too with Hef and stuff. And we do the um, th- uh, photo shoot for Madison Magazine. That's the day we're doing the my gold digger core photo. It's the day we're doing the ghost investigation yeah. thing. Is that the same thing? Mm-hmm. We go to a Tashin book event. We have a club disco party thing that we have to go to. Oh, yeah. Nicole Richie's disco birthday at Las Palmas. We have our Girls Next Door merchandise shoot. Uh, the Wildlife Way Station has a big party at the mansion mm-hmm. that we're out at. We have a big signing at the Virgin Megastore. Uh, we shoot for the news of the world. We have a gangster party that we go to. Oh, yeah. So there's all kinds of stuff. So we don't even have time to like dwell on anything petty. Like we're on to the next thing. Yeah. We do the AIDS Walk LA. Mm-hmm. We do Tyra Banks show. Yeah. Uh, we have our pumpkin carving night and then it starts getting into Halloween stuff. Obviously, we go to Not Scary Farm and we do the Halloween press night and the, the party and all that stuff. And then like the following week after that, we're like off to Vegas. Yeah. For our last episode of the season. So, yeah, I just, you know, thought that this this episode had a lot of attitude and it's setting up for what's about to happen in season two. Yeah, it's interesting. And from our perspective, it just felt like attitude that was coming out of nowhere. Like, why? Yeah. And it's going to get a lot worse. And I and I question even more why in this next season. So I have a few questions from you guys, a little Q and a, so the first one, and I think I know the answer to this, but Bridget was Hef mean to you because you wore red lipstick. Did I wear red lipstick? I think so. Oh, at the, on the party. Yeah. No, not at all. (laughs) Yeah. He, you know, didn't like red lipstick. And I was told that when I first moved in by one of the other girls. And I thought that was so weird because he's always so into like the old Hollywood look. Yeah. And I wore red lipstick anyway out to the club. He didn't say anything because I was the new girl. So he's still treating me, you know, great. But then, of course, once I was the main girlfriend, like I dared wear red lipstick and he freaked out. So it was a manipulation tactic. Like maybe he didn't really like it, but he wasn't going to freak out on everybody who wore red lipstick. Yeah, I actually felt like it was quite the contrary. Like he came up and and we had a very special moment of him telling me how beautiful he thought I looked that night. That being said, I personally don't like myself in red lipstick. So I usually try and stay away from it or wear a shade that's not really red. I have to look again and see because I usually hate myself in red lipstick. Yeah. Well, he would compliment Kendra when she wore red lipstick, too. Right. But for me, it was like he told me I looked old, hard and cheap. And I just remember that hurt my feelings so much at the time. Of course. But now looking back and I've told this story a million times and it only just now occurred to me the irony of a literal 80 year old man telling a 23 year old girl she looks old. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> my God. Yeah. Talk about some um, gender disparity and some unfair beauty standards give me a fucking break right next question did keith ever have multiple girls like hef did hef ever give him girls <laughs> Ew. um i only saw keith with one girl at a time yeah i don't know keith's dating history but i think he usually only dated one girl at a time and hef never gave him girls it was always very much understood at the mansion amongst hef's friends that 
they did not go near anybody who was like, quote unquote, Hef's girl. Yeah, that was a strict rule. Strict rule. Anybody that came to the mansion was told that right off the bat. Like, they weren't allowed to even barely talk to us. I mean, Keith could talk to us and mm-hmm. Ray could talk to us. But like new people, new guys that came to the mansion, they could not talk to us. Yeah, for sure. Did you ever see anyone on the staff rage quit? <laughs> I don't think so. Not that I could think of. I don't think so either. Like it might have happened, but I didn't hear about it. The only odd time I can think of when something like that happened is I was in the vanity and all of a sudden I heard an explosion, like a bomb went off. And I was like, what? And what happened was a butler was outside playing ball with one of the dogs and accidentally hurled a tennis ball into the vanity window and (gasps) shattered it. Oh my God. And next thing I knew, that butler was gone. And I asked somebody about it. And I go, what was that all about? And they go, I don't really know, but he might have had to have been let go because sometimes companies have a rule where like if an employee causes a certain amount of damage, whether it was purposeful or accidental, they're automatically fired. I don't know if that was the case, but another staff member was speculating that that might have happened. Well, I feel like for a tennis ball to hit the vanity window, that was purposeful. It sounds like it would be, but... And I mean, how, I mean, how uncareful would you have to be? But he was out there like throwing the ball and like hitting it with a tennis racket for Archie to go catch. And I think oh. it just got out of control. It wasn't like he hurled it like a baseball. Oh, because I was like, you would have to be turned toward the mansion, like aiming at that window. Yeah, I think it was just careless. Mm. Well, that's too bad then. I mean, I hope it wasn't purposeful. I feel attacked. <laughs> Somebody asked, what did Barbie Benton's husband think of her relationship with Hef, meaning the guy she married after she was with Hef? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I have no idea. But I feel like he probably thought it was cool that she was with Hef. I, I get that impression. I mean, he's been to the mansion before, too. And we've met him before. And he was there Yeah, he definitely didn't seem weird about it. Like, no. I have no idea what their relationship is like behind closed doors. But I remember Hef told me a story about how that guy was interviewed once before he met Barbie. I don't know how Hef knew about this. Maybe Barbie told him. But that guy was interviewed. And he goes, you know, I'm just looking for a girl like Barbie Benton. Oh, and wow. Manifested. Yeah. Manifestation nation. But some guys think it's cool when somebody was like with Hef. Like a lot of guys don't. A lot of guys get really jealous and weird about it. Yeah. Some guys are neutral about it. But some guys like think it's cool. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, I know what you mean. Did you ever feel pressure? Oh, this is a weird question. I Uh-oh. had to read it because it's so weird. Did you ever feel pressure to take things in order to not use the restroom? I don't know what that means. Take things in order to not use the restroom? Like take something to like make you constipated so you don't shit? I don't know what that means. Oh. What? I heard of the opposite. Like there were some trigger warning eating disorders going on at the mansion and yeah. people would take laxatives. But I've never heard about anybody taking something so they don't use the restroom. I don't know what that means. That was yeah. probably a prank question. Wait, but why I would you want? Why would you want to do that? I mean, we were always so worried about a flat stomach, and like know, you gotta right? be regular with that stuff. It was usually the opposite. Do they mean like on the trips? Like, oh, we're sharing a bathroom or something? Because there was always know. plenty of bathrooms. Yeah, and I, I don't think I ever felt weird about that. Or like on the plane or something, or at a party. Or, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. What know. Mean. Did you ask Arnie if it was a setup when you had to leave the Playboy shoot for your exam? We did ask him, but we didn't really get any conclusive answers in the interview. But you talked to him about it later, right? Yeah, I had lunch with him after that interview, and he said he had no idea about it. Like, yeah, I don't think he would have been part of that decision making process. They would have just like given him the order, like, yeah. oh, shoot this now. But he did say that he always thought it was dumb that we were doing that because he's like, they're never going to use this. 
this because this pictorial is about all three girls. So yeah. why? And he's like, but I just had to follow orders and mm-hmm. they wanted me to shoot it. So I'm shooting it. Somebody asks, did you make money from the Girls Next Door merch? Take a wild guess. No. (laughs) Absolutely not. There was a way I made money off of it, but that was because I would buy product wholesale with my own money and then resell it on my website. Oh, that's a good idea. For like the regular markup, for like a regular... I don't remember if I did that or not, but... (laughs) But we definitely didn't make a cut of any Girls Next Door merchandise, even if our image and name was used. And we weren't even given, like, free product at all. Like, we were maybe given, like, a set of, like, the Girls Next Door clothes that we modeled. Yeah. But we weren't even given DVDs. Hef was given a whole big box of DVDs. Mm -hmm. And then Mary would feel sorry for me and, like, slip me one on the sly. Oh, I'd have to beg for one from Kevin or or Mary. What was the third floor layout of the mansion? So the third floor was a little bit smaller just because it was almost, like, attic-y with, like, the shape of the roof. But, like, above Hef's room, there was this big shag carpeted room where he just had, like, piles and piles of pictures and did, like, extra scrapbooks stuff and then he had all these closets on closets up there that held like dvds and things like that and there was that and weird spooky bathroom spooky frozen in time bathroom mm-hmm. and then there was a narrow hallway that led to like the video department where he had a whole staff of people up there constantly recording things that he circled in the tv guide human tivo and then further down the hall there was the scrapbook room where he had all his locked cabinets of scrapbooks and there was one person who was like on staff in the scrapbook that would like put the scrapbook together and stuff like that was there anything else on the third floor I feel like that's it I mean just that big dvd room too Mm -hmm. it was like a blockbuster but yeah (laughs) it was definitely smaller than the like the second or first story it didn't cover as much area just because like the way the roof was but that was what was up there. Yeah, and then speaking of the scrapbooking room too, though, there was also that scrapbooking office downstairs where there was like a a bunch of people, well, not a bunch, but like three or four people that were constantly like putting the stickers on the back and talking about like putting everything together. Yeah, Elaine, the photographer, was always in there. Yeah. That was kind of like her office. That's how they Oh, wait, no, I'm talking about all the way down, all the way down by the storage closet and by Joe's office. Do you remember where Joe's office was in that little corner? Oh, I don't even remember that office. I just remember Elaine's on the second floor. Oh, no. This is where Charlotte and then um, I think Steve and the a The one that was other... like under Mary's office? Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Somebody asked, do you guys remember making over the guys from Laguna Beach's apartment in LA? And how? Why? That was something I was asked to do by Playboy PR because they were doing a shoot with... Um... Why don't I remember this? Was I involved? No. Oh, Okay. Playboy PR asked me to do it because they were giving Playboy branded product to um, Steven and Jason from Laguna Beach because they had just moved to L.A. So it's like when the Hills was first starting and um, they were like decorating their apartment. But it was for like a tabloid piece, like a magazine spread. So they had me go as if I was like the decorator. And I didn't really do anything like they had all the products set up and everything like that. But. It was cute and the guys were really nice and I probably acted weird because I'm socially awkward. But also being around guys that are like relatively my same age, I was always super nervous about because I was like, I don't want anybody to think I'm flirting. I don't want to get in trouble. Yeah. I don't want this to be taken the wrong way, even though it was like a Playboy thing. So they probably 
thought I was a weirdo and maybe for good reason. I don't, I'm just, so I remember awkward. feeling that way too, around people that were our own age. Like if there were guys at the mansion or guys at like an event that we mm-hmm. were at or something like feeling very weird. Like I don't want anyone to get the wrong idea here. Yeah, totally. Not even that I thought the guys would get the wrong idea, but any like outside onlooker. Yeah. 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 Or I didn't want Hef to like think I was flirting with exactly. these guys or something. Yeah. I felt like we had to be so careful. Yeah. It was scary, but everybody was super nice and it was like a super fun experience. What happened to the gargoyle on the roof? It wasn't in the mansion auction books. What do you think, Bridget? Because I don't know. I think they got trashed. What's your reasoning? Uh, because I think that the only person, well, it's since they weren't in the auction books, um, I think the only person that it would have gone to that could have had any kind of use for it would have been Rich Corral. And I asked him about it and he said that they did ask him if he wanted them, but he didn't have a use for them. And he thinks that they were trashed too. And I... Um, I think that because they were on the roof and even though they were covered, I, they, I think they took a lot of heat and cold. And I just think that once you took them down off of there, I just I just feel like it would have been really hard. Yeah. And they were giant. So like you would have had to have like the storage space and like a use for it. Yeah. And also a way. I don't know. I just feel like they were meant for that mansion. And then once they came down, they were probably kind of garbage. I feel like they couldn't have taken them down in just one big swoop. I guess they could have had a big crane come and get them, but they had to have been super heavy. Yeah. I don't know. Crazy. Somebody asked, is it true that Hef once died in the limo and Holly gave him CPR and brought him back to life? I've never heard that rumor. Me neither. No, that's not true. But I will tell you, Hef was allergic to bacon. But oh, he I forgot about that. He still loved to eat bacon. Like he loved to have breakfast at night. Like that was one of his dinner options, which by the way, he had a menu. There was like a, do you remember the folder that had like the pages of Hef's menu? And there were like, Maybe like 15 different dinner options because he liked 15 different dinners and they were very detailed instructions for like the chefs and the butlers on how to prepare these dinners. One of them was like a breakfast at night dinner with like toast with jelly and like eggs and potatoes and bacon and glass of milk and glass of orange juice and all the things. So he would eat this bacon but he was allergic to it. So then like his throat would start to close up and he'd start to like hack and he'd yeah. run off into, get up off the bed, run off into the bathroom, grab a whole bottle of liquid Benadryl and like down the bottle. And I'm sitting there terrified, like, bro, is the bacon worth it? <laughs> yeah. Like he's like ready to die over this bacon. And he had this weird like light up emergency button on his side of the bed that said HMH that you were supposed to press if there was ever an emergency. And I'm like, do not make me press this fucking button right now. Right. Is scary the, is the bacon worth it yeah i've seen him i've seen him do that <laughs> it was terrifying yeah i totally forgot about the bacon allergy you remember the mashed potatoes with the runny eggs on top oh yeah that was a weird <laughs> i hated going in and saying goodnight and he was eating that and i was just like Whoa. yeah that was a strange meal it was mashed potatoes but instead of like gravy in the center it was like Runny Runny eggs. It was weird. Yeah. I wonder how that idea even came about. Is that like a Midwest thing from the 20s? I don't know. (laughs) It's a mystery. People ask about the alleged trafficking tunnels under the mansion, which we talked about in our first live moment that we did. Mm -hmm. Um, As far as we know, there are no tunnels. Playboy made up a story in like 
2016 or something. It was like an April Fool's story that they put out about how, look at these blueprints to the tunnels that were dug under the mansion that connected to like James Caan and Jack Nicholson's house. But this was like pre-QAnon. So by the time people like get a hold of those rumors years later, it's like, I wonder if Playboy regrets making that up because now people are like, tell us about the sex trafficking tunnels under the mansion. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah, I used to explore um, a lot down because I'm just weird like that a lot mm-hmm. down in the basement and I feel like I've been in almost every inch I didn't go in the vault because it's a locked vault mm-hmm. but I feel like I've I've taken those tunnels as far as they can go to like literally dirt and like no can barely stand up anymore in them and they don't go anywhere yeah I guess it's possible there's like some hidden door somewhere or whatever, but I mean, look, anything's possible, but the amount of like money and engineering that would have had to be spent on those, I'm like, are James Caan and Jack Nicholson, were they ever that important? I have like no no offense to them. I mean, great actors, but like, I don't know. I just wouldn't expect those would be the people to have like tunnels dug under LA. Yeah, I don't think so. I know. I don't think so either. But yeah, that's um, a little Q&A for you guys. And next week, we have our final episode of the season where we go to Las Vegas. Yes. I don't even remember this Vegas trip that much. So I'm like... I remember it because back when we did this show, this was my favorite episode of the season because it was the first time I felt like I got to do something by myself and have like an episode. That part I remember, but I don't remember like details of this. So this is going to be interesting to rewatch. Yeah, for sure. So if you guys would like more content, feel free to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash girlsnextlevel and we will see you guys next week. Bye guys.